again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Clement. Kentucky Derby 149 is in the books. It feels like it's one of those things that we wait and wait. There's so much lead up to it. And then in the blink of the eye, it's it's over. And I always say it's the most exciting, the fastest two minutes in sports. And it was exactly that. Uh, there was a lot going on in the world of horse racing this week. I was kind of joking on our show this past weekend. Too bad it was such a slow news day. But the result was pretty special, pretty exciting, seeing some great people win this year's Kentucky Derby with a horse that kind of flew under the radar a little bit this week with Mage, the son of Good Magic. Hall of Fame jockey Javier Castellano getting his first Kentucky Derby win after many years trying to achieve that and fill out uh, his already illustrious resume. So some fantastic storylines this week. And on this week's episode, we, uh, we're going to recap a little bit of the Kentucky Derby with one of the co-owners of the Derby winner, Mage. Hopefully we get a chance to see him in the Preakness in about a week and a half, which is coming up so soon it'll be here before we know it but whatever the case may be um i think it it was a really wonderful storybook ending to this year's kentucky derby we're still in the midst of triple crown season of course for me based in new york we're looking ahead to the belmont stakes the test of the champion and while i always love belmont day of course it is way more exciting when there's a triple crown on the line and i have not worked at naira um when there's a triple crown on the line let alone have a triple crown when american pharaoh and justify won a few years back um i was not yet working at naira so um fingers crossed that i get to experience that at least with a horse having won the first two and going on to the belmont stakes so that's something i i really want to have the chance to be part of but that being said kentucky derby took place on Saturday, the first Saturday in May. Mage, the winner, we'll learn a little bit more about his history and get right to our special guest. I don't think I have ever had somebody as a, a third time person coming back onto the podcast, uh, but for his third visit, this is what happens when you win the Kentucky Derby. Ramiro Restrepo joining me to talk a little bit about Mage. Ramiro, um, a huge congratulations. You said it hasn't really sunk in yet. Oh, no, this is, um, you know, it's a, it's a dream that how many people from all from all walks dream of and and to, you know for you to tell me that it that it came true is uh it's 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 been a lot it's been a, it's an, a lot of emotion that's been taken in and uh but it, but it's definitely well worth it for sure and it's it's unfortunate it was such a slow news week you know like nothing really going on <laughs> and then we end up with just this amazing story with Javier Castellano getting his first Kentucky Derby um Gustavo Delgado and his team talk a little bit uh, about everybody that's involved and just how special it was for all of the connections who were kind of flying under the radar all week yeah you know Javi Hall of Famer you know it's almost uh He's written a who's who of the thoroughbred uh, history books, and he was over for, for 15 going into this race. And uh, I know he, he told me he was in the jockey's room when they put a graphic up. He was watching the, like the NBC telecast, and they put up the over 15 graphic. Mm -hmm. and it just it just it almost provided that extra mustard for him. So 
I'm glad Sweet, Sweet 16 was the was the charm and, and so happy for him to have gotten that uh, that gorilla off his back. You know, it just caps a, an amazing resume uh, for Gustavo and Junior, who immigrated here with with the dreams of achieving it. I mean, you could only imagine how that, that must have felt for them. Um, Sam Herzberg of Sterling Racing had his first and only Derby starter 10 years ago. Horse was scratched uh, when he uh, had an issue the morning of the race. He's been on the Derby hunt for 10 years, buying horses, trying to uh, to make it. And then, of course, uh, Commonwealth, new to the business and uh, young, hungry guys, you know, trying to get in at the highest level of racing. And between country grammar, we the people, now another, you know, really nice horse. And then um, myself, uh, you know, definitely I've talked about it before by, you know, my, my, my family involvement in this. And it was just a, a wish come true to have a horse, even a horse in the race. I mean, yeah. that was already a win. So for to have gotten the win with my mother, two uncles and three aunts and my brother present with me, <laughs> uh, you couldn't have you couldn't have written it any better. As you said, you know, we've, we've heard your story on the show before and just a long time love and passion for the game that you turned into a career. I think pretty much everybody I've had on this show before, you know, wherever you come from, there are certain races that are special to you. But the Kentucky Derby is always kind of that one that when I say, what are your goals in this game? People say, I want to win the Kentucky Derby. So for something that's always been a passion for you and to see that goal achieved, um, the, the emotions throughout the week. And then I saw a video of you watching the race. It, it, it's really just amazing. And it's very, very cool to see that those kinds of things are possible in this game. You know, your, your whole life, when you watch sports or listen, or even listen to Ted talks or, you know, read books on people who have achieved their dreams, you almost start thinking to yourself, is, is that cliche? <laughs> a true reality or like, is that for real? Because everybody, you know, kind of lists the same virtues that are necessary to achieve your quote unquote dreams. And, you know, some people might lose motivation or get frustrated when there's, when things don't progress how they want it to, um, you know, junior and I have been trying for, for a couple of years now to try to increase our profile as trainers and a uh, bloodstock agent in, in my regard. And, you know, Gustavo, who's had grade one performers and in the past and has had horses run in the Derby in the past and still the, the barn size and the quality of the horses and the quality of the owners have still not truly taken off. Mm -hmm. They could have easily been, been, um, you know, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Demoralized or discouraged. And they've kept on going. And, uh, you know, even my, myself, always looking for more opportunities and, mm -hmm. and uh, little by little, just having to earn things as they come with, with uh, not the most ideal assistance, but 
you know, you just can never be a half, you know, the glasses, you always have to have the glasses as half full and, mm -hmm. and uh, keep at it and just have trust in your craft and in, and in your, and, and have that faith that, you know, what you're going to buy is going to be successful and, and hope that you, you know, you buy a good horse and um, we were able to get a derby winner, Acacia. This is, mm -hmm. uh, this is quite, you know, I keep saying special because I just don't know how else to, to describe, yeah. you know, what we consider the holy grail of our sport. So it's, it's, um, it's just a beautiful feeling. We've talked in the past about some really nice horses that you found at sales, um, including Structor, who's a, a Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf winner. But that horse was sold. He ran under uh, um, different owners. And of course, you're rooting for him. But this time around with Mage, you're actually a co-owner, too. Um, with your experience as a bloodstock agent and with you knowing all of the work that goes into looking for a good horse, how rewarding to be part of the ownership this time around. Yeah, this 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 one's a little different. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I, I've always had a lot of pride when someone has bought a horse that that I once had a hand in picking out, and then goes on and has success on the track. Tons of pride because it shows someone's faith in buying your product, and it's you know really great. And I'm I'm super happy for 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 that those who go kick on with it, but this one. Um, this one feels a little different, you know, it, it, it's, it's that much more rewarding. Um, I'm a little subdued now just cause <laughs> I've, I've, I've cried so much. I've yelled <laughs> so much, you know, it's like, uh, you, you're, you're just, and it's been a whirlwind of, uh, of emotions, of phone calls, of text messages, of emails, which is all amazing, all amazing because, you never expect it. You know, I've never gotten married. I don't have kids. So I never had that, that life moment where you would open yourself up to having so many people from so many backgrounds, from so many walks of life that have crossed paths with me uh, over the last, you know, 30 plus years who have been so incredible to reach out, to wish, you know, to give, you know, well wishes, congratulations yeah. and, and that love back to you is such a tidal wave of emotion being sent your way. You couple that with the, the, the root of the race and family being there and the historical understanding of what just happened. All that hurricane like just nails you like a like a like a boxer's you know punch right in the <laughs> right right in the heart. And it, and it's been a lot to take in. Obviously, all positive. It, it's been a lot, man. It, it's been a lot yeah. to take in. It, nothing prepares you for it. I can only imagine. And um, and the way that he finished too, this horse, Mage, obviously still lightly raced, didn't race as a two-year-old. Um, I saw you and Gustavo Jr. talking about the patience that's needed to be shown with this horse all along and kind of that so-called curse broken a couple years ago, the Apollo curse with Justify breaking um, breaking all of the records and, and winning the Triple Crown and then seeing Mage who – the patient's paying off now, and he's been able to handle everything that's been thrown at him. Yeah, it was really cool. Somebody put up a, a post that said, uh, Apollo, justify mage. <laughs> and and that was quite impactful just to, to, to have joined such special 
company in, in such an incredible race. Uh, you know, fortunately for us, our, our partnership and our trainer has real uh, long-term goals in mind whenever he receives yearlings, you know, newly turned two-year-olds and, and um, the objective is just to develop the horse to reach, you know, the, his ceiling. Mm-hmm. And there's never like a, a race meet as a goal. Uh, there's never like a, a particular race in mind that he has to get to. You know, the program is just tailored around let's get, you know, a, a good foundation on this horse and let him take us wherever uh, he may want to go. And it's uh, it's beautiful how it, it's played out with this horse. There is really this- isn't, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there just really isn't a, um, there's just not, it, it, there's not many words that can, that, that can express how grateful we are for, for Gustavo's uh, a training job with, with this cold. It's been really fun to follow too. And I, I, I've heard that there is a pretty interesting story about how he was purchased as well. You know, this podcast um, primarily focusing around sales and breeding. So a horse that you don't normally see this, a horse that was purchased as a yearling and then pinhooked for a pretty comparable price. He was sold as a two-year-old at the basic Timonium sale for 290000 Um, Can you tell me a little bit about the process and about how we ended up at that price? Yeah, he um, he was at the Becky Thomas' sequel consignment and, and Becky had like Morello last year and she had actually Hijazi who's a really nice horse, grade one placed horse, the same consignment as Mage at the, at that, at the same sale. Uh, you know, selecting horses at this, at, at, at any, at any sale, uh, agents and, and owners alike who are walking the sales grounds have their criteria, right. That they're mm-hmm. looking for the breeze that Mage did, did time-wise was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh he did not switch leads in the traditional sense how the majority of the horses in the sale did. And could that may or may not have affected his final price? I'll never know. Mm-hmm. But as a generic rule of thumb, many people who I've spoken to in the past will use that as a possible question mark as to why the horse didn't in, on cue make such a pretty video with the proper lead change. Mm-hmm. But there could be many explanations as to why he didn't. He wasn't tired, so he didn't need to do the lead change. Or he might have been distracted and didn't need to do the lead change. Or, you know, I mean, people have so many theories as to why not, but he didn't make the prettiest of videos because of the lead change. If you watch the gallop out video, he does make the lead change once he takes the turn and, and starts going down the backstretch. Mm-hmm. But with Timonium being such a tight track, when he when he made the lead change and it's time to kick on, he's not going to go around again and mm-hmm. he's a second time. So 
he makes a, a ridiculously late lead change once he gets to the other side of the track, but the jockey immediately is pulling him up. So some, all, this is all some assuming, because I really don't know, you know, what else could have, could have, uh, you know, prevented him from costing more money, but he made a really a super late lead change as the riders pulling him up. Uh, he also has what's known as uh, what, what is affectionately called as a parrot mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a, he has an overbite, and you know, as a kid, I saw Dancing Brave win the when he won the arc and came over for the British Cup. He had a really pronounced overbite as well, yeah. and that didn't prevent him being from him being an arc winner and one of the <laughs> best horses in in the history of Europe. So, in my ignorance is bliss category, it didn't bother me, but I've heard here and there that, you know, some people don't want to buy parrot mouths or they discount parrot mouth horses. Uh, we've never had a problem with it. He's never had any equipment problems because he's clearly had never had any running problems because of it. But maybe that could have been something that deterred uh, buyers. But for me, uh, we saw the beauty in the horse's physical. I thought he was... Uh, a clone of his father, Good Magic, of his sire, Good Magic, with a prettier head. If you mm-hmm. see Good Magic, he has like a little bit of a hammerhead. Um, he's got a prettier head than Good Magic, but his physical and his action is identical to Good Magic. Um, and that really caught our attention. And just the way he would puff up like a peacock when he was being shown and how he would stand for you. Uh, he, he, he would do that every morning at Churchill at the 7.30 break as other horses would be walking in the gap prior to being, you know, to hit the track to train. He, w- he would just stand there like a, like a statue. And when, for the walkover, 20 horses in the chute getting ready to do the walkover or 18 horses in our case. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one standing there like a statue. Um, he's got a great mind, amazing mental disposition, and he's just a really, really smart horse that happens to be fast. And uh, all those qualities that he, that he showed, and he showed us at the two-year-old sale, you know, have, have translated to an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. And as well, you know, it was good magic's, uh, he's a freshman sire. There was no proof mm-hmm. in the pudding. He really wouldn't know what good magic, you know, what his progeny were going to do. And and he's had quite a solid amount of runners. He had a Remsen winner, reincarnate. You know, he's had uh, he's he's had a, a good showing for himself, and now a Derby winner. So it was nice to fall in on a on a freshman sire that <laughs> delivered the goods. You actually read my mind as far as my next question, because he's kind of waving the banner for Good Magic now. And Good Magic himself, of course, you know, super talented as a two-year-old Breeders' Cup winner, second in the Derby. And it it almost kind of seemed like there was some some excitement um, with his two-year-olds debuting last year. And then a little bit more quiet this year as far as the buzz with Good Magic, because we start to see some of the other, you know, um, bigger... um, new name sires and that's kind of it who's hot lately conversation at the sales and things like that and then all of a sudden then good magic at the sale topper at obs march and then he comes back um with the derby winner it seems like you got in on this stallion at the right time because it seems like everybody's going to want a piece of him moving forward well 
I, I've had to, in my short bloodstock career, uh, the last you know six, seven years, eight years, I have never had the opportunity to have the capital to purchase horses by really well, you know, well-known top of the sire food, you know, food chain. Sure. Uh, the Uncle Bo's, the Tappets, the Into Mischiefs, Spitestown, et cetera, just because they're, they're expected results and they and the, and the actual results and the sales go for one, one of them for probably my entire budget. So I have to find it. I have to find a way to buy something that looks commercially appealing, but at the same time uh, might and you know might turn out to be affordable. So I, the the best success that I've had in this game has been buying first crop, you know, uh, sons and daughters of first crop sires like Cantharos, mm-hmm. Violence, Outwork, Frosted, Palace Malice. I bought very successful daughters from their first crops that either hit black type, won black type, or sold really well mm-hmm. when fin hooked. All from their first crop years. I've had to kind of look for 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 an angle, and then be willing to fall on my sword if it doesn't work out. But um, fortunately for me, I've been on the on the on the on the positive side of, of things more often than not, and I. Uh, and uh, it's something I look forward to when, when going to the sales, kind of digging around to see what what new sire might be next. Yeah, the sales can be so frustrating sometimes, but it, it can also actually be a fun puzzle. And I, I think for anybody in this game, you know, you, you got to have a bit of an ego. Let's let's just be honest, because nothing feels so good as when you have an opinion and it turns out that you were right. Look, uh, horse players, analysts, uh, bloodstock agents, mm-hmm. horse owners. It's a game of wins and losses. So you have to have confidence in what you believe in, in your in your skills and whatever you do in this industry. And the proof is always going to be in the pudding because the horse doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. So... If your objective is to resell horses and you have a lot of success, you're good at what you do. If the horses that you're buying are winning races, if the horses that you're wagering on are cashing tickets, uh, you're 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 going to be brought to the forefront of your uh, of your profession. So you have to have that belief in yourself. You have to have that Michael Jordan. I want the ball when the when it matters the most to uh, to make those decisions that are going to that are going to be fruitful when, 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 when it's time to, to see if there's results. Some amazing results this year. Um, it's hard to beat the Kentucky Derby, but I, I, again, in this game, you want to be right, but you also always want to go for more. So it looks like the Preakness is on the table for Mage. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's everyone, it's everyone's dream to, to, to continue down this amazing path. Uh, the Preakness is always what's, what, what's, um, what, what Derby winners do. Um, we like, like, like many uh, barns who 
you know, love their horses and, and, and take care of them to the utmost. Just want to make sure that everything is in order and mm-hmm. that in this situation, Mage himself wants to, you know, continue down that path along with us. And all signs indicate that he's doing good. He's doing great. Uh, but all signs indicate that that uh, that he's he's on board with us. He's he, he's had two days of training at Churchill. Uh, the way he's come out of it physically and mentally, we couldn't have asked for anything better. Uh, we're looking at now the the secondary factors of you know logistical transport and um, you know what what would it take for him to get there. But uh, we, we, we still have some time. Uh, we definitely want for him to train forwardly these next few days before he's got to report to, to Pimlico, if, if, if that is to be the plan. So I think we're going to give it from here to the weekend for him to continue putting, you know, back-to-back-to-back practices at the top-level effort. And if, and if he continues to do that, then, then Preakness it'll be. Oh, we'd love to see him, of course, from a fan perspective, but um, but hats off to the whole team, um, as you said, for all the horsemen that just always put the horse for, first, and that's definitely w- what's most important. And um, that being said, the fact that he didn't run as a two-year-old, are those some questions that you all are kind of asking yourself at this point, if not wanting to ask too much of him too soon, as you mentioned Gustavo and his team wanting to have a career, the longevity to run in some of those big grade one races throughout this summer. Yeah. Like, you know, before the race, it was, is the season enough? And now um, it actually, you can look at it as, as in he's, you know, still fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, he's his, his, his greatest asset occasion is his mind. Yeah, he's easy on himself in the barn. He's not a horse that frets. Like there was a thunderstorm on Sunday, lightning, thunder. There was tons of press there in the rain, and and it was the day after the race, and there was other horses in the barn that were kicking and you know shrilling and and um, and and just really nervous, and he just sat there. Like if he was drinking a pina colada, (laughs) eating hay, like what's up? Like nothing. And he's really easy on himself in in the stall. He's easy on himself in training uh, during the races. He knows how to, he's he's efficient and he knows, you know, when he has to put forth the maximum effort. He's not a runoff. Um, He takes to cues so well. So all the, and, and in his training as well. So, He's 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 relatively, you know, uh, fresh compared to other horses. You just want him to maintain that level, you know, all the way through. So if he continues doing that, then you can we'll 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 go after the Preakness and then see where, where it may go. Well, um, I've become a really big fan, and I hope that the, the train keeps on rolling onto the Belmont so I get to see him uh, in person, but uh, <laughs> we'll be cheering for you all no matter what. Ramiro, congratulations again, and uh, and best of luck, whatever the future may hold for Team Mage. Ah, thank you, Keisha. You seem to be a good luck charm, so hopefully there's a fourth <laughs> podcast 
We future. love it. <laughs> All right. Good talking. And that's it for today's episode. Big thanks to Ramiro for joining, talking a little bit about Mage. I'm sure it's uh, his favorite topic at this point. Um, thanks as always for listening to In the Ring with Acacia Kamal. We'll be back with some more Triple Crown talk on the next episode. And don't forget, there's still a couple more two-year-old sales to keep an eye on before we get into yearling sale season. So plenty more to discuss on In the Ring. Thanks as always for joining me please check out in the money media there's lots of great content there were a, a tremendous amount of content for the derby i'm sure they'll have you all covered for the upcoming preakness as well um, make sure you check out all the great exciting things from my colleagues over there and feel free to share this episode let me know if you have any uh, people you think are interesting or topics you'd like to hear more about i'll see you next time on in the ring thanks for joining me